Grab a front row seat to the untold stories as we talk about how to live life on your terms. You're officially part of the inner circle. Welcome to Courtside with Courtney. And don't worry, I comped your ticket. Welcome to Courtside with Courtney. I have my phone out because I am answering y'all's questions today. I get asked the same questions over and over again. Y'all need to get a little bit more imaginative. I love you guys, but damn it. These questions are on repeat constantly. So I figured on a real note, let me answer them for you guys in a place like this. That way they're all like together in one place. I'm going to try to give you guys two, just like the most authentic, not the like Instagram bullshit version of the answer. Meaning I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to give you sort of like a stock answer to please everybody. We're just going to get into it once and for all, all right here. What is the biggest lesson you've learned dating in your thirties? I would say the biggest lesson I learned in my thirties was take your time. People always show you who they are, believe them. And when you start seeing those red flags, realize that maybe they're small at first, but they get bigger and bigger and bigger. So you cannot ignore them. They're not going anywhere. It's not going to magically become a carnival. They're not going to turn orange. They're just going to get bigger and more red. So don't ignore them. But if you take your time, it does a lot of the work for you. Like time alone allows you to really see who someone is. And you just can't do that in a short period of time. People can pretend to be whoever they want, whatever they want. And they can sort of give you this like fake version of themselves. If you try to rush a situation, you are putting yourself in a position to be duped by somebody. So take your time. Question number two, why did you call off your engagement? Okay. Keeping my promise to myself because that's how we build confidence and honesty. It was not a good situation. It was really toxic. It was kind of scary. It was really bad. I was in a terrible mental headspace. He completely changed the person that he was from the time when we started dating to when we got engaged, everything started unraveling. And it was a very abusive, toxic, bad situation to be in. And I had to grapple in the moment knowing that I was going to be judged, knowing that people were going to make their assumptions, knowing that there were going to be all sorts of things written about me online. Oh, Courtney probably just can't keep a boyfriend. Who knows what? I just knew people were going to like spin their shit. And I just chose not to care because my mental headspace and my safety and Kinsley's safety and everything far superseded the people people's opinions on the internet who didn't know anything about the situation, but it was a really bad situation. Very grateful to have gotten out of it. And I feel much stronger for it. The best advice on weathering the baby blues currently in what feels like a heavy chapter of life. Look, I've had a lot, I've had a lot of ups and downs in my life. I don't feel like I struggled with depression or anxiety after Kinsley was born. I was really enjoying being a mom. However, I was going through losing my dad simultaneously. So my dad died when Kinsley was six months old. So I was struggling in a different way, I guess. And I found trying to get up and get out of the house was really helpful for me. Just get up, get ready, go run an errand because being a parent in the beginning is terrifying. Being a mom in the beginning is scary because you realize that everything is, every little thing is a big thing. 
going to the grocery store is so scary because you, you start like your mind kind of runs amok. So maybe, I guess this is honestly some anxiety surrounding that, but your mind kind of like starts running and you're, you're thinking, okay, what if they, what if I take them to the grocery store and they poop on the way there? Like, am I going to be able to, you know, change the diaper and it's all, all these moving pieces, but I find the quicker you just do it, the more comfortable you become. Also reach out for help ask for help, talk to your family if you're close to them or your friends, or don't go through whatever you're going through alone. I found in every time in my life when I've had been having a really hard time, if I can reach out and just say like, Hey, I'm really struggling to somebody, at least somebody that I love and that I know loves me. It's always easier because the more you try to hide it and keep it in and act like nothing's wrong and put on a brave face for everybody, the worse it gets. So ask for help and try to help yourself by getting up, getting moving, going on walks, things like that. Did I miss something? Why the rainbow? Rainbow is my sign for my dad. Whenever my dad, I'm like big on signs. I believe that like if somebody has passed, they'll show you things through signs. And I've seen that it's like just so beyond proven to be true. I could tell you guys stories about this. This honestly signs, maybe that's a whole episode because the amount of things I have learned and witnessed and seen over the past six years have been absolutely insane. So a, a rainbow is a sign um, for my dad. I have a tattoo of it and I talk about it a lot because whenever I need it, he shows up to me in the form of a rainbow. How is business Courtney different than influencer Courtney? Different boundaries, et cetera. That's also a good question. Business Courtney is definitely more serious and focused and to the point. And influencer Courtney is more just like regular Courtney, everyday Courtney. I really try, I think, to be honest, early on in doing this, because I've been doing it for so long. Influencer Courtney used to be vanilla version of Courtney, used to feel like a more watered down version of myself. And now I think I'm like, as authentic as someone can be online. I think, look, when you sit here and you're storing like this on your phone every day, you're talking to yourself. It's a little bit hard to really see how someone it truly is in form of conversation, which is why I'm so excited to be able to have guests on this podcast. There's a couple of people that I absolutely cannot wait for because just having a conversation is a lot different than talking to yourself. I think there's only like so much you can do when you're talking to yourself. But I think both Courtney's have boundaries because boundaries are amazing. And I've learned that over time. But I, I think influencer Courtney used to be more vanilla than she is now, which is probably why I'm more controversial now than I used to be. What hobbies did you have growing up? I was obsessed with singing and performing, writing songs, playing guitar and sports, volleyball, lacrosse, art. I really loved art a lot. I would say those were probably my main hobbies, but writing really like writing songs. And I started writing songs when I was 12 and never stopped. What happened with Bo in Brooklyn? I get this question all the time and I try to respond to you guys in DMs when you ask it, but it's, it's short and longer form at the same time. The price of gold right now is insane. So the short answer is it's really hard to be able to afford to do that right now because of the type of special runs that we do with Bone Brooklyn. Everything is super special, super like small batches of things, a couple hundred and the prices to make the type of quality that I made and have always made for Bone Brooklyn at that quantity is really tough. They have to be pretty expensive, honestly. And I don't think you guys are down based on the past feedback, 
the more expensive things haven't done as well as the like slightly more reasonable things. Obviously it's fine jewelry. So like it's always expensive, but the things that are more reasonable have always done better when we start getting closer to the 800, 900, a thousand, it's just really expensive. Like that's expensive for anybody. And so it's not super sustainable right now. So there still are things on the site that you can buy. And there still are things that we have available, but a lot of our most popular things have sold out and probably won't come back for the foreseeable future, maybe at some point. And the second part of the answer is bandwidth with dibs and everything. I just really don't have the time that it would take to do it right. More about your father. I lost my dad too. And I'm Lebanese too. Love you. Love you back. I will definitely talk about my dad more. So much of the experience of growing up with my dad and having the type of like amazing parent that I did to losing my dad and the the trauma that kind of ensued after that point is really a lot of like why I am who I am today. So I'll do a whole episode on my dad. How to teach Kinsley to be so confident. She is so freaking confident, you guys. I'm incredibly proud of her. I think I tried to retroactively think about what I would have wanted as a kid. And my parents were such amazing parents, but we didn't openly talk about things like bullying and all these things as reticently as we do these days, 30 years ago. It just wasn't as prominent because we didn't have things like social media when I was a kid and all that. And so I think it was like less in the forefront of our lives. So it's more just like they wouldn't have even known to do that. But I think a lot of the things that I got bullied for and teased for as a kid, if I was told maybe like on repeat sooner that they were different and it was cool to be different, those were good things. I think that I I don't think it would have hurt me as much. So for Kinsley, for example, I started doing affirmations with her when she was one years old and she could like barely talk. It was, I'm kind, I'm beautiful, I'm brave, I'm smart, I'm funny. A lot of the affirmations, to be honest, came from my irritation of the way that people treat little girls versus little boys. You see a little boy and they're doing something and it's always, oh, he's so athletic or oh, he's so smart. And with a little girl, it's, oh, she's so pretty. It's like really no mention of anything else, which is just honestly like fucked. And Kinsley is beautiful. Like she's gorgeous, but it's not, it's the least interesting thing about her. She's like so funny and witty and smart and just all these other and brave and kind, like all these things about her. She's a wise, like old soul. So all these things about her make her so much more interesting than how she looks. And so I really kind of wanted her to know that. And so we also do things. So we do all the affirmations, do them specific to your child. And then we also do things like, I talk about how she's probably going to be really tall, for example, because her dad's six, five. So I kind of got ahead of that. That's something that a lot of my friends, a lot of my best friends are really tall. And growing up, they would say, oh, I got teased for being really tall. And so we kind of got ahead of that. And it's like, hey, being tall is awesome. Being tall is really cool. That way, when someone in school is like, you're tall, she's going to be like, yeah. And so I think it's just been about trying to like get ahead of things and instill that confidence in her. What age did you decide to become an influencer? Well, it was 10 years ago. So I was 26-ish, 25. Where you thought you would be now versus, or like where you are now versus where you thought you would be as a 20-year-old. Oof, (laughs) I'm not on the same continent (laughs) as where I thought I would be. I thought 20-year-old Courtney thought she'd be married. I probably have two kids. I probably would have been living the sort of like societal norm for like a happy little life. And my life is so far from that. I've been married and divorced. I have one kid. I run a business. I'm a mom. 
you know, single mom half the time. Yeah. Everything is different, I would say, but that's the beauty of life. I think I would have been so bored in the life that 20 year old Courtney thought I'd be having. I probably want to crawl out of my skin. What caused you and your ex to break up? Did you try therapy first? Which ex? I'm assuming you mean my ex-husband. We did try therapy first. And what caused us to break up? It's so hard to talk about this topic, not because it's hard. The people that are in my inner circle know all of my thoughts about this topic, but it's hard because I made a promise to myself to uphold a certain standard of how I would speak about Alex for Kinsley's sake. So that's like the one topic that I probably won't dive into as much. I didn't feel supported and I'm sure he has his whole own side of the story, which would be fair because that's life. Like there's two sides to every story, but I didn't feel super supported or like we were growing together. Regretting marriage, feeling like it wasn't the right thing to do. I'm not sure if you're asking if I regret being married or if you're saying you regret being married. I don't regret being married because I wouldn't have Kinsley if I wasn't married. And honestly, I don't have any regrets in my life because it's just not how I view life. I think to really truly live unapologetically, you can't regret things. I think the only thing that I genuinely regret are the times I didn't listen to my own intuition because I realized that I was doing myself such a massive disservice. And those are the only times I really ended up in negative, super shitty situations were the times when I didn't listen to my own intuition. So I don't regret getting married because there was no, there's no way that I could just, you know, wave a wand and have had like the beautiful, amazing child that I have with the man that I did had I not been married. So it's like kind of a strange catch 22. Walk us through the journey of evolving your personal style over the years. OG follower here. I think this would be such a good, like full episode, but I think I've just kind of come into my own and I've realized what I like to wear, what makes me feel really good. I like to always be like, <laughs> feel ridiculous. I'm looking into the video camera saying I like to be some level of chic as I'm sitting here in sweatpants um, and a t-shirt, but I like to be chic. I like to feel like also like there's some level of edginess and like elevated, but I want it to, to be fun and feel really personal. So I think over time I've evolved my style to just do things that make me feel good. Sometimes it's on trend. Sometimes it's not, I'm not a big rule follower as far as like, don't wear white after Labor Day. I just think that's like the dumbest thing in the world. A day in the life of Courtney. Every day is so different. I think we should do a whole episode on that too. I don't know if we could do like a vlog style episode, but could we do that? That could be so fun. Yeah, I think maybe we should do some kind of a vlog style episode where you guys follow me around. Do I want another kid? I don't know. That's like such a top, a hot topic. I don't have a personal need for another kid. I don't have like a burning desire. If I met someone and it was like an absolute must have for them, I would consider it and I would want it for Kinsley. But the thing is, I feel like at this point, she's six years old. She's already going to kind of grow up as an only child. I feel like it would be amazing to give her a sibling. I don't necessarily have the burning desire, but TBD, never say never. Are there red flags that are okay to look past? This is such an interesting question. No. 
I don't think you should ever look past a red flag. I think you can decide and just know that like nobody's going to be perfect. And so I think that the real question is how do we decide what type of imperfections are okay with us and what are, what's not okay with us? Because the reality is absolutely no one is going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody is. So it's more about, are you still really compatible? Do you still have trust? Do you still, so for me, like the major markers, like don't cheat, lie, steal, like those things, you need to have trust. You need to have respect. You need to have a genuine like love and like for the person. Respect and trust are two things I could never look past. There are things like someone, you don't like how they dress or, you know, dumb things or someone chews really loudly and it's annoying or they play too many video games, like stuff like that. It's like not a red flag. It's just things that you don't like about them. They have no money. To me, that's not a deal breaker because it's not like one of my top five, like must have things for some people. It might be, it's also okay for other people's deal breakers to not be yours. I don't think you should ever look past a red flag though. I think you should acknowledge it and then actively decide if it's okay with you or not. And if you're going to be okay living with it because red flags don't go away and people's, the things that everybody struggles with, you know, whether it's like somebody has a temper or they're always late or whatever it is, like they don't typically go away. You just have to decide if you're okay with it or not. So you should never overlook it, but you can actively decide that this person is the person's shit that you're willing to put up with. What did my mom think about my abusive ex? Like, did she know? Did Audrey know? My mom and Audrey are both Tauruses and they're both non-bullshit people. I don't think either of them were surprised. I think everyone was surprised at how bad it was. I think, I think everyone would have been surprised at how bad it was, but I don't think they thought he was like perfect. I think they, they saw the signs before I did. How do you split custody with Kinsley with your ex? We do 50, 50. I felt like personally for me and everybody's different. I felt because he's a good dad. It was, I didn't want to rob her of her time with him. So I felt like doing 50, 50 was the right thing for me. So we do Friday to Friday, but this is not like something that's every single Friday to Friday, no matter what, like we're flexible with each other. If we need to change something around our holiday dates, we're typically flexible with each other. It's again, every other holiday technically, but for example, for Christmas, it's like Kinsley is going to be with him in the morning and then she'll be with me in the afternoon. So we're both getting to see her. I think we try to be as reasonable as possible again, just in the best interest of Kinsley, which is a major part of co-parenting. I also saw a lot of questions about co-parenting also, and it's an ever evolving journey. You guys, it's obviously challenging because you're having to do something really important with someone that you kind of inherently don't get along with just obviously you're divorced. So typically you don't get along with the person that you're co-parenting with, but you learn to get along. We've like learned to get along. We've learned to find ways to communicate that work for us. And we just keep it pretty businessy. We don't chit chat. It's just kind of like, Hey, does this work for you? Sounds good. Great. I think if you can be kind of 
professional about it. As weird as it sounds, that is like a tip um, that I would absolutely give. Just be kind of professional about your communications. Then it gets a lot easier. And also you start to give each other the benefit of the doubt. You realize that you both have what's, you know, your kid's best interest at heart. And that's really all that matters at the end of the day. So it definitely gets easier with time. Have you ever been cheated on? Do I have a story for you guys? Oh my gosh. I was in college and I was dating this guy and he, I can just like envision his bleached hair now. So bad. But we were dating and he had a South African accent. And I was like, man, this guy's like such a vibe. And obviously it was at Berkeley. So we played an instrument. He was in a band. Like I just thought he was cool. Wrong. So very wrong. Um, But I did end up getting a really great friendship out of it with the girl that he was cheating on me with. So there's that. Maybe I should have her on a podcast. That would be so funny. Okay. So I was in college and I'm dating this guy. And all of a sudden he kept framing his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend as crazy, which is never a good sign. Any guy that will consistently tell you that one or more of his exes was absolutely crazy. Like there's a really solid chance. He's the crazy one, hot tip. But he would always tell me like, she's so crazy and she's always trying to talk to me. And so one day I get a knock on my door and it's her. She's at my apartment and she knows that he's there and he's boiling water on my stove. And he was like going to cook pasta or something. And you just see this like look of shock come over his face. And he's just like, shit. And I'm like, why is she at my door right now. I've never met this girl. I've never talked to her. I just knew who she was because he told me how crazy she was all the time. And again, mind you, this is like 19 year old Courtney. So she didn't know that a man calling someone crazy was like the biggest red flag ever. So she's at the door and she's banging on the door and she's like, open the door. Like I need to talk to you. Cause she knew he was there trying to talk to him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why is she here banging on my door? And so he's like, I don't know. Don't answer. Don't open the door. I'm like, I can't, I can't just like leave her out there. And I open the door and she's standing out there. I'm kind of like, what is going on? And she's like, ask him. So I'm like, oh boy, here we go. My roommate at the time, who was one of my best friends, super protective. We were super close. And she just was like looking over, like ready to just absolutely annihilate this guy. I'll never forget. She comes on her bathrobe. She storms out the door. She's like, what did you do? I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I, I have no idea where the story is going. Come to find out he had been dating both of us at the same time for like two months straight, lying to both of us, telling both of us that we were the person that he was dating, calling her crazy to me, calling me crazy to her. It was insane. I have not to my knowledge been cheated on since then but that was not a fun experience. And then her and I became friends because obviously we, it was like, we trauma bonded, I'm sure over the whole situation. And she's actually incredible and I adore her. And we ended up becoming friends and like still have a friendship to this day, but low key fuck him. What's it like dating with a platform? You guys, it's rough out here. The amount of people that you can tell you end up finding out are, it goes one of two ways either cloud chasers, been there, or they can't handle it. Like they don't know how to handle the attention. They either get, I don't think jealous is the right word, but like super uncomfortable with the amount of attention 
that I get, if we go somewhere, it makes them uncomfortable or like feel kind of weirdly territorial or they get really like shy and anxious about it. So it's either like they can't handle it and the lifestyle is, cause it is kind of strange, right? Like the lifestyle is different for them and they're not used to it and they can't hack it or they're clout chasers. So finding someone that is supportive of you and what you do while not liking you or loving you for what you do is, has been hard to find. How to know if you're being love bombed. This is an entire episode in and of itself. However, a couple of the signs I'll give you guys like maybe three signs right now. One, they're telling you everything that you want to hear and not really showing much signs of their own personality. When people act like a mirror, typically it's because they're just reflecting back to you exactly what they think that you want to hear and what you want to see. Huge red flag typically indicative of love bombing when they're showering you with constant things, whether it be trips, vacations, items, flowers, wine, like just constant overflow nonstop of things, gifts, gifts. It's like a, it's a manipulation tactic. And I would say another one to look out for when it comes to love bombing is an absorbent amount of communication, like way too much communication all day, again, nonstop, also a very manipulative technique to get you really codependent on them. What is the biggest misconception of you online? I touched on this on my friend Danny's podcast. I think the biggest misconception about me online is I think that people have taken my silence as admission of guilt in situations instead of what it really is, which has been me trying to take the high road. I think I've tried to take the high road. I've tried to turn the other cheek. I've tried not to pay mind to negative people, people who have lied and made shit up, people who have tried to position themselves in a way that was just like so far from the truth and like truthfully rooted in zero reality. And I think that instead of confronting things head on and being like, so-and-so said this about me, let's talk about it. Here's the receipts, which I always have. Here's why they're lying. Like all the things, like instead of doing that, I felt like that felt so low level to me. That's not how I want to conduct myself as a person. I don't want to get on and tell you how someone's lying. And they're it's like, why, why? Like, I don't have to prove that, but I think that I know my character at the end of the day. And I think that the people that really know me know that, you know, the majority of things that people make up are complete bullshit about me for whatever their own reasons call it like jealousy, call it, they need to tear people down to make themselves feel good and security, whatever it is. For whatever reason, people, when people try to paint me in a certain light, I haven't gone back at them in a confrontational public way. And I think that people, because of that, have taken that as an admission of guilt or that I'm wrong or that, oh, I just can't say anything about it or I can't speak up because I was the one in the wrong when in reality, it's not how things have played out. I've just tried to hold my chin high, continue to provide value for you guys and talk about things that actually matter. Because I think in those type of situations, nobody comes out a winner. If you badmouth somebody else, no matter how right you are, no matter how many receipts you have, like you end up looking like an asshole too. So at the end of the day, I've just chosen to conduct myself in the way that I was raised, which was take the high road. And I think some people have viewed that as negative, but I, I don't, I view that as positive. Dream podcast guest. 
Okay. Kind of a curveball. Honestly, no, if you follow me, you probably know Ed Milet. I love Ed Milet. I think his podcast is brilliant and so it adds so much value. He's major. So I would love to be on his podcast, have him on my podcast. Shout out Ed. And let me know though. I have a bunch of my friends, people in my inner circle that I love dearly, like my best friends, my mom, my co-founder. I'm going to have Audrey, like a lot of people on the podcast that know me really well, that I know really well, give you guys courtside seats to those inner conversations as if you were actually hanging out with us and bring you into our life like that. But let me know if you guys have people that you would really want to see on the podcast, because I would love to hear from you guys about that as well. Last question coming in hot. What's my most embarrassing moment or story? First of all, I think that embarrassment is a social construct and I choose not to subscribe to it. So honestly, little to nothing embarrasses me these days, but I did start my period like heavy flow at ACL and I was wearing a skirt and I had to have all of the girls that I was with make like a circle around me so that I could figure out how to handle the situation. And it was so not ideal. you guys kind of crushed these questions. So let me know if I missed anything, if you guys have other questions and maybe we'll do like a part two deep dive into these questions. Don't forget to subscribe. I guess that's a thing people do on podcasts. Make sure you rate it. Give us a good rating. I love you guys. I'll see you in episode three.